Hey, this is Bill Fickner, and you're listening to Out Now. Stay tuned. This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking hypnotic. Aaron, you are not getting very sleepy. You are actually getting very hungry. Wait a minute. I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! Hello, Aaron! Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, and happy Mother's Day at the time of this recording. Indeed, yeah. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Yeah, so, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into films via most of your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 533. 533. Wow, this is almost like that terrible movie that bombed, uh, but just like reverse. The 355? <laughs> I was like, where are you going with this? Yes, the 355. <laughs> that was a terrible movie. That did bomb. That's yeah. correct. Those are all true statements. I remember yeah. this woman very profusely apologizing to her friend as they were leaving the theater. I did not watch this movie, but I watched something else. We let we, I guess both of our movies adjourned at the same time, and it was just, she was just saying, "I'm so sorry that I took you to see this movie." And I was like, "Wow, man, that's a that's a tough one." Did you watch yeah. that movie? Yes. Okay. All right. It's bad. Okay. <laughs> hey, don't worry. I I would say it's a bad movie. I had seen it, so and I assure you, I have seen it, and it's a bad movie. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Great cast. <laughs> Well, for episode 533, we're talking Hypnotic, mm-hmm. the latest film from director Robert Rodriguez, starring Ben Affleck. And uh, joining us is no one. It's a, it's a home show this week. It's just Dave and I. Hey, back in the throwback. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that does not mean we have a lack of stuff to do, because we have plenty to do oh. on this week's episode. Thanks. There's all kinds of things going on, including a fun game I'm excited for you to play. Abe. <laughs> right. Me versus myself. Yeah, well, you'll see. It's a, oh. I think it's a, it's a fun game. Okay. But uh, first up, let's get to some show notes. Uh, what's going on here? Well, <laughs> last week, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opened, mm-hmm. which kicked off, of course, the summer movie season. That's right. Which also launched the official launch of our summer, the 11th annual summer movie gamble. Mm-hmm. Now, many of us have Guardians of the Galaxy as number one as our pick for what we think are going to be the highest grossing films of the summer. Now, last weekend... It might have seen a little shaky because it opened to like 114 billion, not super high, not a disaster by any means, but not like the kind of numbers where you're thinking this is definitely going to be number one. It's more like, oh, I really hope it can manage all this. Uh-huh. Well, with that said, despite those initial projections, I'm on the edge of my seat. And despite a lot of uh, a lot of uh, overly concerned parents being like, I don't know, we're going to take my kids to see this over and over again because it's so sad about the animals. This movie dropped 49%. Now, Marvel movies tend to be pretty front-loaded. It tend to drop pretty hard on their second weekends. Um, What's the percentage drop that's uh, on average? 70? 80? No, that's way too high. 80 is 80 be like, oh, God. 80 be like, oh, nobody's going to see this again. (laughs) Yeah, no. Like in the high 50s, low 60s, maybe mid-60s range. Got it. Uh, 49% is incredible. It's the third lowest drop uh, besides Black Panther and Thor. Hmm. Uh, so it's it's not often that this kind of thing happens. Uh, Thor the first one. Thor the first one. Yes. Wow. Which just means that like nothing came out the second week. Okay. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, wow. I didn't know that people loved it as much as we did. I mean, Thor did fine for its time, but like <laughs> right. it wasn't like a blowout. But it was also like you know just nothing happened the weekend right. after Thor came out. So 
as uh, Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, said last week on this show, like there's various more ways this movie could perform. And Guardians 2, that performed very well. Like that did more than like it did pretty well at its weekend weekends preceding the proceeding the um, the opening weekend. Mm-hmm. Guardians 3 is on track to do some good numbers right now if it stays in this path. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, down but not out um, is a. Uh, more of the line we can go with, at least for you and I, Abe. I know we both yeah. have Guardians. What is the, its total over the two weeks here? Its total for the first two weeks here, it's uh, it's at 213 domestic. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, you know. It'll... I'd feel better if it was in the 250s for it to be my number one. And then it keeps on pushing toward that. It still depends on how other movies do also. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll get close to 300 if not I've got some stuff coming out this going. weekend. <laughs> And again, I mean, the hold is what's important because if yeah. it holds like that for a second weekend, it's not like the the drops. They don't necessarily get all that smaller going forward. So sure. we'll see what happens. It might be the because it, you know it could be the default movie people go and see uh, for a while. So this is true. Um, but that said, uh, Guardians Galaxy was not the only superhero movie we talked about recently on this podcast. No, superhero summer has begun in the realm of commentary tracks. We're out now. Uh, we are going to be talking about superhero movies for the next few months when it comes to our commentaries. And we started that off with X2, called X-Men United for its 20th anniversary. Uh, Scott Reynolds and Brandon Peters and I, we do all talked about X2 for this month's commentary track. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's available now on iTunes where you can find all the episodes of our show. You can also give us a rating and review. You can search for Out Now with Name on We can search for that. You can search for Out Now with Name on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a rating and review. That'd be great. Thank you so much in advance. All right, now if that out of the way, let's uh let's get us let's get us some no cookies. Trademark. Each week that now we we to start by no cookies. Trademark. Wow. Hey, that was good. I understood all of it. There you go. That's yeah. what I strive for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abe. Yes. Why don't we do a little back and forth this week? How about, how about you it. go and then I go? So what yeah. what have you seen recently? Um, I watched the Happy Little Elves Go to Mars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, I missed the Simpsons. I actually, I was like, I don't know where they go, but it, I know it's. Which where do they go when the when the babysitter kidnaps them and steals all their stuff? Um, I watched a few things, but first things first. Um, on my list here, I watched Polite Society, which is a film that came out um maybe a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. in a in a larger premiere. Um, this is a film about two sisters, uh, both in England, two Indian British sisters, Pakistani British, Pakistani, yeah, uh, that are. Uh, one of them is an art major who drops out of art school. The other is an aspiring martial artist slash stunt woman. Um, and one of them believes that the other, the older sister who's going to be married is, is in danger. Um, this is a movie that uh, I written directed by Nita Menzor. I don't know if this is her first film. It's her first film. There you go. Cause it very much TV. feels like a first film. Um, and it has a lot going for it, and I I think I like bits and pieces of it. Um, the whole thing itself is actually not bad at all, but there are certainly like flashy parts of of like action sequences or dance sequences or snappy dialogue here and there, and then it kind of like intercedes itself or interstitials itself with maybe some slower moving parts at the same time, and then it kind of cuts back and forth. So it kind of f- certainly feels like a first um, major movie. As far as like the entirety of the plot and the synopsis goes, hey man, I actually really dig that these two sisters are there for each other, and there isn't just a a weird character turn in which hey, this is this is a movie about growing up, um, and about you know separate paths and separate lives. No, this is actually 
a movie about actually coming together and really being there for each other and kind of regaining that that trust with each other. Um, so I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good romp. I, I had some good laughs in it, um, but it certainly isn't one that I think is uh, like it's kind of like in the style of an Edgar Wright, um, but at the same time doesn't really achieve some of those highs that the Edgar Wright stuff achieves. Uh, but it, uh, I'm looking forward to whatever uh, Nita Manzor does next. But I, I thought everybody in the cast was actually really really good as well. Yeah, I'm glad you went and saw the movie. I'm a yeah. big fan. I uh, certainly encourage seeing it in theaters and give it a chance. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I've seen, what did I see? I saw Master Gardener. Mm, okay. uh, this is the new Paul Schrader film. Um, and the I guess it's like the the concluding chapter, whatever he wants to call it, in his uh, like Lonely Man trilogy that he's been making. He has first Reformed Feed and Hawk and then the Card Counter with Oscar Isaac. And now they have the Master Gardener with um, Joel Edgerton. And the film is a bit, like it's hard to describe without giving too much away. So I'll be I'll skirt a little bit, but it also affects like how I think of the movie. But like it's about this guy who is a master holter holter culturist. Um, he he works at a private estate owned by Sigourney Weaver's rich madam character. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a he's basically a perfectionist. Um, Weaver has like a an estranged uh, like niece that comes into work, and so she kind of enters the scene that she's played by um. What's the one in Black Black um, Adam? Um, uh, Cyclone or whatever. What, oh, what, okay, yeah, yeah, I know. Who you know what I'm talking about? about? Yeah, but I don't know uh, the actress's name. Yeah, yeah, it's like her name's like Quintessa Swindell, I believe is her name. Wow, get off the top there. I right, there's a lot of name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like her interactions in like bec- like work starting to work for Joel Edgerton's character, it like it sort of unlocks sides of Joel Edgerton that we learn about as far as his past and troubles he's had mm-hmm. and it goes from there now i think edgerton i think is a really good actor i think we both think edgerton's a pretty good actor yeah. um i think he's very good in this movie and i think the movie itself is it has more warmth than i generally see in uh, paul in schrader, schrader movies <laughs> yeah that said it still like has its levels of darkness in it right. but the the thing is for as good as some like the stuff that works is i do think it it establishes aspects about edgerton's character and like the turns the story makes that i don't think schrader is equipped to handle and it's hard to say why but there's doors that are unlocked that i just don't think he's the person i want to tell this particular story okay and so it makes it difficult to like this movie like i think it's there's so many good things about it as far as here's an accomplished filmmaker clearly operating at a level that suits him, but I don't think the subject matter he's going for is developed in the right kind of way based off just what he's going for versus what he can do. Yeah. So it's like, it's a mixed review I have for Master Gardener. That okay. said, I rewatched The Card Counter um, and it just Oscar makes me... Isaac? With Oscar Isaac, which yeah. I thought, which I already thought was good, and I think it was even better the second time I watched. When you it find now. out that it's about also about some Abu Grape stuff, you're just like, what? I mean, like there, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> that enters in fairly early, so it's not like a, it doesn't throw you through a loop. But it's also like, oh, sure. there's this element is also. Yeah. Really part of he's thing. not just into really. He's not just really into poker. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, I what the the what me watching that was like. I, I liked it more the second time I've seen it. I already liked it a lot, but also it it made me realize more how much I like this movie and first report for that matter versus master gardener. Like I do think that those two are like significantly better than master gardener is. Sure. And I, and I, 
I remember like the reviews were like strongish for card counter, but like it, well, it's not a movie that I expect to make money, but it was one that like certainly didn't like get much of a push by the time it came out. And it's like, uh, we don't know how good we have it sometimes. <laughs> it's like a movie like the card counter happens. <laughs> and then you get like lesser versions of basically the same thing. And it's like, oh, this one was so much better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Matt, Schrader's latest, not so great. That's it. The previous two before that, very good. Go check those out. Yeah. What'd you call this in the trilogy? Lone, Lone Lonely Man Trilogy. Lonely Man Trilogy. Okay. Yeah. They all they all feature like a guy, like a main character who narrates the film. Sure. writes it a diary of some kind like keeps a journal so like his thoughts are very much on screen yeah um it has like guilt and repressed thoughts and what have you like lurking inside of his head so they're all very thematically similar for sure right short movie it's what's it it's like it's like an hour 50 set so it's almost okay. two hours like yeah. with crazy so it's like an hour 50 yeah <laughs> so actually a normal length movie pretty much yeah yeah okay what else have you seen uh, I also cut up on a uh, a movie called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Uh, oh, okay. This is a Judy Bloom adaptation film uh, set in the 1970s, directed by Kelly Freeman Craig, um, starring uh, Ant-Man's first daughter, uh, <laughs> Abby Ryder Fortson, and Rachel McAdams, as well as uh, Benny Safdie. Uh, always like funny whenever he pops up and just like in these side character roles. Like Benny Safdie, crushing. Play. Yeah, Yeah, really crushing it. <laughs> Um, I thought this movie was terrific. I was not sure what to expect going into this movie. I had not read a lot of Judy Bloom books growing up. Um, I had read more things like the boxcar children and, um, and the Indian in the cupboard and, you know, uh, hatchet and things like that. So Judy Bloom was, was on my radar cause it was featured in the library. Um, but I, I'm familiar with many of her titles, including like things like Ramona and Beezus and what have you but I've never picked this book up. Um, and I was really, really, I thought it was really, really touching. I thought it was a, a great story about uh, a girl coming into her own in junior high, or actually the end of elementary school into junior high um, in New Jersey. And to be honest, like I, if Judy Bloom books are this way, like they deal with thing topics of, uh, parents and religion and uncertainty um i i should go back and read all of them like i i was really <laughs> really astounded by how deeply it it touched upon all these subjects and again not not uh shying away from really anything at all uh and it was just very um fun movie to watch i watched this movie where there were like a, a huge range of people in the audience so this woman had taken, I guess, maybe some of her students to come see this movie. Um, and they were all like in that 9, 10, 11 range, mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit older, but definitely below junior high. Um, and then there are people that are in their 20s, people in their, their 50s uh, that, and 60s that went to go see this with me. The Happening Night, the movies were this was, movie. Was, yeah. <laughs> and to be honest, like there were a lot of sniffles. I even got choked up at parts and not about parts that I thought about getting choked up at. It's just more like, Hey man, there's like some real raw emotion on this screen here, and I think that Rachel McAdams is doing a really great job. But Abby Ryderson Fortson, writer Fortson, really carries this movie. Like yeah. she is really good, and I would I would hope that people go see this movie. Judy Blume even makes a cameo appearance in this Walking Her Dog, and it was great. And I I just really liked that there was, um, it took itself seriously, but because it's also a Judy Blume book. Uh, it does have a lot of like levity in it too. And even some parts where people are not being nice 
to uh, Margaret, uh, Margaret Simon, the character. All right, I, I and a few other people were booing the screen when one of the boys gives her a pinch for her birthday. And we're just like, what a dick. Um, so <laughs> I had a really, really good time with this movie, and I hope that people go and see it. Okay. Well, glad you enjoyed it. I thought, yeah, I thought it was quite good as well. There you go. Let's see the next movie I saw. Let's see. Fool's Paradise. Yes. This is the new Charlie Day film. It's also I watched his... this as well. Okay. All right. Well, it's his directorial debut. He also wrote the film. Yes. And it's essentially a Hollywood satire that has a lot of specific elements in there. One being the fact that Charlie Day's character, he is basically mute in this movie. And so mm-hmm. he's it calls to mind something like a Charlie Chaplin or a Buster Keaton. Which is a choice given that Charlie Day is generally known for his, you know, big raspy voice. And he's like, I'm going to be mute for my first like yeah. High <laughs> solo. energy raspy voice, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the film, it features him as this, a guy who he resembles a major Hollywood star. And so he's basically cast in this movie to make up for the other stars, for the actual star's absence, to put it <laughs> plainly. Um, and there's... An assortment of characters around him, including Ken Jeong as a publicist, Kate Beckinsale and Adrian Brody as A-list movie stars, Ray Liotta in what must be his final film role as a producer, mm-hmm. Sadekis as a director, Jason Bateman as like a special effects guy. Like there's all these people that are like mm-hmm. basically friends with Charlie Day to some degree right. who like feature in this film. And they're all essentially throwing their own projections of what they feel at him. So he's, he could be a character who doesn't have to say anything and all these guys, they can, they can essentially like, he can get through life by everyone talking around him and about him without him having to actually communicate in any way. Mm-hmm. In the midst of this, he's doing a bunch of shtick. Um, as I said, it's basically Hollywood satire. So there's a lot of jokes about the industry and whatnot that to me, it was like, I get this. I, I get what it's doing. I would. So as far as where I come down this movie, and I'm curious where you coming down this movie. Yeah. I don't think it's great. Um, I, I I admire what Day's going for, and I do think there's a number of performances I quite liked as far as the various stars here. I think Adrian Brody's actually pretty hilarious in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, but overall, I just I don't think like the material does much that's new in the realm of like Hollywood satire. Mm-hmm. But Abe, where are you with this one? Yeah, I watched this movie as well and in large part because I was like, oh, well, Charlie Day, I like this guy. You know, I've liked him in his small uh, roles, either in Horrible Bosses or like his small roles in uh, uh, Pacific Rim uh, and where he's coming in, where he's got some high energy, even like his voice work in the Lego movie um, as a spaceship Spaceship. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he wrote and directed this and you could totally tell that his Hollywood cachet goes a long way because He's been doing Always Sunny for at least like 16 years now. Um, and so they just built up this huge uh, talent list with friends and what have you. And it's really cool to see them on the screen here. And I didn't think that was that good either. I um, I think that there was a lot of things that Charlie Day is going for from the representation of how he directs. Um, you know, there's a lot of Wes Anderson hints. There's a lot of like... Um, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson uh, stuff that, that's going on here. A lot of Coen Brothers type stuff that he goes for. Um, and it certainly feels like lived in ideas and lived in true Hollywood. Like this has happened to me and this is how Hollywood is. How either it spits up or how, how either it like finds new talent, chews them up and spits them out kind of thing. 
or about just like how ridiculous Hollywood is. Um, and I think the things that I, I really largely didn't like about it is that it really had this strange, frenetic, frantic pace that doesn't really ultimately lead to anything. Um, and we've seen this done better in other movies from other directors. A lot of a lot of callbacks to Hail Caesar that I thought of like, well, Hail Caesar did a lot in terms of aesthetically how it was trying to shoot these movies, but also uh, what was actually going on in Hollywood during that time and, and what have you. And I think that this has a lot of ideas, but ultimately kind of like doesn't really build on anything. And so it's kind of unfortunate. I think Charlie Day is actually pretty good in this movie, to be honest. Yeah. Like just because he doesn't have to say anything and it's all just like, hey, I'll just do like shrugs and winks, like Mr. Bean style. And Mr. Bean is like not one that I think a lot of humorists uh, in the US, maybe I'm just talking about myself, but uh, like if you don't understand like British dry humor like that, like it doesn't really come across. And I agree with you that there are some good supporting characters. I think Ken Jeong is just way too over the top here. He's he's uh, a lot. It's a lot to have what young young uh Jeong in the movie for like, you know, 90 minutes doing his thing. Yeah, and I think this is actually the thing that that people don't like about Ken Jeong is like just how loud and over the top he can be even though like in real life he's actually a pretty calm dude. Um and it just it's a lot because it doesn't really go anywhere. Like um it's it's just kind of unfortunate because you know even when there is like this emotional point in this movie um uh, between the two characters there's like i i guess this is i guess this was earned i guess this is the what it all amounts to but uh, yeah i i think that there's other movies that kind of do this hollywood satirical like what aaron mentioned um much better but also i think that there was like a little bit more focus and if you didn't want more focus you kind of just wanted cameos. I guess you got that, but it also was just not uh, very cohesive. So yeah, like, to be honest, like I don't really do this a lot, but I did check my phone. Um, when I was like, I can't believe that there's still like 45 more minutes of this movie. And I was just like, wow. All right. Uh, I guess I'll sit through this then. That's interesting. Like I, I wear a watch and uh-huh. I very rarely check my watch in a movie. So yeah. I, I know the feeling as far as, Oh, yeah. I'm actually like, checking my watch. On something right. Like. Yeah. I find it very rude. And also like, I'm like, okay, well there's gotta be a certain point uh, that starts to be a catalyst in this movie. And so I got to get engaged with it. But yeah, like again, no, no, <laughs> no diss to Charlie day. It's just oh, one of the of like. Not. I mean, you know, yeah. guy putting the. It's not hard to. It's not easy to make a movie. Like it's it, not. Yeah, you know, and I, I you know. like to be honest. Like Charlie Day is really good in here, and also the the um the cinematography as well as like those dawn or those dusk and like sunset shots. Sure. Well done, and also John Bryan scored this. He did Lady Bird. Yeah. It's very good. John Bryan, yeah, yeah, plenty of things John Bryan's done. It's great. Uh, yeah. Like. I agree with like the effort is there, like no doubt that it's just right. you know the final result is in jail with me. Um, yeah. And I, I completely completely agree with you about the frenetic pacing. Where the problem with that, it, like it's you know if movies a movie moving is not a problem, but a movie yeah. moving to nowhere is a problem. With the, which is what you're saying as well. There's just yeah. no real payoff to what's going on, and by moving it, the pace is going. It becomes redundant when there's nothing new being added beyond just you know, a different star doing the same basic thing again. So it's yeah. like, okay, well. Yeah. There's there's a lot of movies that I would recommend over this. Again, Licorice Pizza, Hail Caesar, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Mank, I would recommend ab- yeah. ab- above these. And those are, again, they're, they're all different feels, but at the same time, like they're all kind of doing the same thing, which is like, hey, sometimes Hollywood isn't all the glitz and glamour. Mm. LA Confidential. Yeah. Hush, hush. <laughs> what's, uh, what's another movie, though? So? 
I watched uh, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, and I hey. have to stress Guy Ritchie's The Covenant because that's the title card and also the end card. Um, and this movie is something that Aaron talked about maybe a, a few weeks back by this point, uh, maybe a, even a month ago. Um, written directed by Guy Ritchie. I think that he's got some other people that are writing with him. He's got a couple co-writers, yeah. This is like a two-hour-plus movie. Um, let me just double-check. Two hours and three minutes. A little over, yeah. Um, the first hour of this movie is incredible. I thought that there's a really good setup of who uh, Jake Gyllenhaal plays like this sergeant guy who has to go find out where these where these improvised, improvised explosive devices are being made over in Afghanistan. It sets up the story as like, hey, by the way, you know, this is like a 9-11 thing and also... Now we've been in the, this war in Afghanistan, and here we are with like these interpreters, and we've got to go do this thing, uh, do this job here, and it's very dangerous for both the U.S. personnel and also the uh, F- local Afghan uh, personnel. Um, you have Ahmed, played by Dar Salim, and he's really good in this He's movie. excellent in this movie. Yeah, like he literally and figuratively carries like this movie for the first hour because he's carrying Jake Gyllenhaal around. But that first hour really sets up a, like, a really, really good almost like a really, really good, like, dramatic uh, war story between these two guys that just, like, you know, we're in this situation. We we have to do what we have to do here. I really like Guy Ritchie's use of music here. You know, you and I talked about Wrath of Man uh, maybe a year and a half ago where it's, like, overbearing, like, music. And I get it, you know what I mean? Like, I get what you're the tone you're going for. This one has, like, a variety of music in it to help set some of the, the elements here. But Guy Ritchie is really keying on a whole lot of like guy versus the world like kind of things, and I don't know if this is something that he's always done. Like when I, when I think about his old films, like yes, I guess so, with like some of those like British, um, uh, like gangster uh, comedies. Yeah, gangster comedies where it's like I guess it's always been like a guy versus like the entirety of like the the British mafia organization or what have you. But um, this and Wrath of Man, where it's like I'm gonna go in alone and do it myself kind of thing. Like I guess that's kind of just something that he's really into right now. We'll see, but. The first hour here is super solid um, from the standpoint of like a war movie and also just from the standpoint of like this dramatic like guy going through so much toil to get like Jake Gyllenhaal's character back to safety. I think the second act is like not bad or like the second half of the movie is not bad, but it's also just not as compelling as like Dar Salim's character where it's like this guy's he's gone through so much and he's got to like, you know, navigate through these hills or these mountains. Um, I would say that Jake Gyllenhaal is like not as as like good as Darceline in this movie, um, he's good, but not like Darceline. Like really brings a lot of like staring acting in this. And the character is less interesting than Darceline's character. Very much so. Yeah, like, like you know, like, I could... knows how to do this. Darceline is just so yeah, much more yeah. interesting to watch. <laughs> Very much more interesting. And and again, Jay Gyllenhaal has like done better things uh, that are sort of related to this, you know. Uh, but at the same time, um, where it goes and kind of like what it does and ultimately how it ends up. It's an interesting story. I, I I found it to be compelling from the standpoint of like, hey, by the way, like, you know, this is the aftermath of what happens in war, you know, a 20 year war, which I would when I saw it on the screen, I was like, that can't be right. And then I was like, yeah, I, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, it's been yeah, 2001 all the way to 2021. <laughs> yes. I'm like, wow, 20 year campaign. And, you know, it does. This is like certainly something that um, I guess we'll we'll. Be, I'd be interested to see how this unfolds politically, geopolitically in like the next decade of just like how this, uh, you know, what kind of stories, documentaries and also movie wise we, we've got about this. We're yeah, not going to come out great. Is that... my thought, but we're, we're not going to come out great. Is my yeah, I mean, very much reminds me <laughs> of like some Charlie Wilson's war thing where it's just like that that end speech that 
Tom Hanks and also yeah. uh, what is his name? Philip Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman have yeah. where it's just like this is this is exactly what's going to happen here, and it's like, yep, yep, that's how it plays out. And that's so, that's the, that's to say nothing about the, the you know the veterans at Zerp. Like they're they're not the problem. No, it's no, the people no, in no. charge, of course. Yeah, yeah exactly. We're just them. like, yeah, you know, like you know, everybody can read up on the history of it. We're just like, well, you know, why do we go after Afghanistan if we if Iraq was the one that attacked us? Kind of thing. Kind of, so it's like, hey, I've got to read up on my own history too. But I think as a movie, it's got it. It certainly is feel feels like something that that. Guy Ritchie wanted to do, like it wasn't just like a paycheck kind of thing. It's like no, I I kind of want to tell these stories or this story in particular. And the other thing I was also really glad about is like it wasn't a a true story. This is not to say that that would be a bad thing. Just more that like it's like it'd be hard to to justify some of the things that happened in the third act, especially like on a bridge sequence. I'm just like you're telling me that there's like an unsanctioned rescue mission from the U.S. government. That has U.S. military like coming to to the aid of like one person. It's like this is hard to swallow. I but mean, they can't officially say these things. Exactly. They, yeah, that's yeah. You're right. Like I like because it's yes, it's not specifically based on a. It's there's no book or something, right. but or, like or like but, you know personal but thing. Yeah. It, it very much feels like there's a handful of scenarios that sure. are somewhat close, heavily redacted that have been adapted for this story. Perhaps. Yeah. So <laughs> I thought that it was a. It was a good movie. I don't know if it's great because I think that second half of it kind of just like lacks enough. Like we just need more Darceline in this movie. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting romp. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed it. I uh, you know one of the, one of the ads said it's one of Guy Ritchie's best movies. I mean, I don't know what to tell by that. But <laughs> now with within context, there's there's additional words around that sentence, but that's just one of the, one of the ad says. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, um... As Jake Gyllenhaal is running through this tunnel, yeah, I get it. <laughs> It is funny seeing like the, the, my name popping up like <laughs> he's like funny. running away. Yeah, a truck explosion. He's like, what a garbage best movies. That's a cool drop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have I seen? Let's see. Uh, I watched. Uh, did I? I don't think I mentioned this. I watched John Mulaney, Baby J, on uh, on Netflix. I don't think you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you watch this? No, this is out for at least like a three weeks now, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is John Mulaney's latest stand up special. Um, and his first one since going back to rehab, um, let alone a variety of other things that have happened in his life, including divorcing his wife and having a child with Olivia Munn. Um, the latter of those things are not really discussed. It's mainly focused on his rehab, um, which, you know, there is a it's weird to say like courage, but there's there's something there as far as mm-hmm. a man admitting his faults and trying to, like, you know, turn that into, you know, stories that he can use for, you know, what's essentially his job. Uh, but also use that as what I have to assume is a form of therapy as well. You know, going on tour with a lot of stories about how he basically messed up his life and tries to recover mm-hmm. from that. Uh, and in that respect, it's admirable. Uh, okay. But regardless of all of that, it's very funny. Um, John Mulaney is a very good stand-up comedian. Uh, Abe and I, I believe, we're both big fans of Mulaney's, you know, stand-up work. Yeah, um, he's got a dry sensibility to him. Yeah, and this is I I would say one of his better ones as far as his stand up specials go. It's very wow. It, it, it's quite long. It's like a, a hour and twenty minutes. You know, stand up specials generally you know like fifty minutes or an hour yeah, or so. Like to this one, yeah. yeah, this one's this has got a little you know little heft to it. Okay, so the point of specials is very funny. That's the that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it does the job as far as being a hilarious stand up special that just happens to have a lot of uh, you know introspection on the lady's yeah. part and there's a couple of good running gags too you know, as, as far as <laughs> things that you know are really part of like 
what I imagine of a planned special, but just kind of emerge within okay. it as a comedian, you know, happens to have many times. Does he talk about his ex-wife? No. Okay. He doesn't get into the familial stuff. It, it's mm. really, it's largely about the rehab. Got it. Okay. Um, and but then that process. Um, and yeah, it's uh it's very solid. Okay. Sure. On Netflix now. Wherever <laughs> Netflix is sold. Exactly. Uh, you got anything else? No. All right. Well, with that said, that's enough cookies. Trademark. All right. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk. We talk about some of the newest movie trailers of the week, when they're coming out, what we thought of them, what have you. And this week, we've got a couple new trailers. Uh, first up, The Meg 2, or sorry, Meg 2, <laughs> colon, The Trench. Thank you. She <laughs> likes when you get the name correct. This is a sequel, of course, to 2018's The Meg, the film featuring Jason Statham versus a giant shark. And wouldn't you know it, Meg 2 features Jason Statham and the giant shark once again. And this time he's joined by Chinese uh, superstar Wu Jing. Yes, um, huge star. Yeah. And uh, it's uh, directed now by Ben Wheatley. Uh, ben Wheatley, who's mainly specialized in like R-rated English horror, um, w- as well as like a delve into action territory of free fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's come on to do a, a giant blockbuster Meg movie. <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, the, the trailer's pretty straightforward as far as crazy things involving this giant shark are going to happen. And only Jason Statham and Wolf Warrior 2's Wu Jing are going to be able to stop I mean, it. Wolf Warrior and Wolf Warrior 2, if you need. Yeah, but I mean... <laughs> Two billion dollar Chinese movies. <laughs> well, so if all that's it, Abe, are, are you, did this trailer get you excited for Meg 2? I want to correct you, and it's not just one Meg. It's multiple Megs. Okay. And I am excited for this trailer, in large part because of just how, I think, ridiculously over the top it could be. And I'm not to say not to say that I, I want this to be you know um, a bad movie at all. I, I think that if it is ridiculous and fun, I'm all for that. You know, I, I'm in for a good uh, summer blockbuster ish action uh, with a few bits of humor here and there. Uh, and I, I it's got some really cool sequences with these sharks that you know they DGAF uh, about these swimmers and about these people poking at them through you know thick inches of glass i'm assuming and they just like are here to terrorize dinosaurs for one and also everybody in wherever they're shot this you know last last year or what or la- not last year the first meg it was like in uh how long bay and then this year or this time around i don't know where they are but i'm excited to see what happens here because if it ends up being just a really good ride and uh, for a summer movie i'm all in yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I I I didn't have any reason to be skeptical about Meg too, but I, I was also just like, all right, what are what are we gonna do with another one of these? And this trailer answered that question. It's <laughs> like we're just gonna give you more of this crazy right. stuff. Yeah. What if we went down to go find their source again, and we find out there's more? <laughs> yeah. So like, I'm down for this. I I like I. It's curious to see Ben Wheatley attached, but I do like Ben Wheatley. So I'm curious what he brings to a film like this. Uh, more Statham's never a bad thing. Uh, more Wu Jing is never a bad thing either. So, how much do you think he's gonna like? You know, just cry to kick a guy, a, shark, a mega shark in the face. One only hopes it's plenty of times. If if, they, if if Jason Statham and he team up to do like a a mega kick, I'd be like, this is the best movie of the year. I, I hope it's something wild. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, 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 I keep thinking like, should I rewatch the Meg, a movie that 
I liked. No, I don't think <laughs> I you need to. <laughs> but I'm also thinking because I see like a number of people that are in that movie returning. So I'm like, you guys don't remember all about Meg, yeah. the first Meg, as far as who lived and who survived this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, okay, good to see they're back, I guess. I, I <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the first one delivered as far as being what it was, being this kind of like slightly comedic action you know shark movie and this one looks like more of that but yeah kicking it up as far as you know more jet skis and dinosaurs things that mark cockmire friend of the show certainly is a fan of so yeah um, i'm all for that <laughs> basically based on what this trailer offered I, i'm more excited for the for meg 2 now than i was when just knowing it existed in some form all right well the meg meg 2 um the trench arrives in theaters august 4th 2023 this summer yeah uh the next trailer we have is for the equalizer three the three equalizer um <laughs> is that their hashtag no it should be All right. um but this one is once again uh featuring denzel washington as robert mccall uh being the, the the man with various sets of skills who's now moved to southern italy for whatever reason uh but now has to deal with the local crime boss uh the, involving the sicilian mafia and McCall's going to have to, you know, I guess, bring out his clock and time things or something and fight a bunch of people. And for some reason, Dakota Fanning's there for it for also. She um, seems like a cop. And, Investigating. Antoine Fuqua returns to direct. Uh, so it's a it's all three of these movies they've done together. Uh, Abe, you're aware that I famously do not like these Eagle Island movies. So. I, I've heard of such. And I have not seen the second one. So um, I, I'm curious, just based on this trailer, where where are you at with with uh, this equalizer? So uh, sort of backtracking what you said here, um, Denzel Washington, who plays uh, Robert McCall, he's just like, I'm going to go retire in the south of France where I think no crime is going to happen. <laughs> and then he's like, he's surprised when there's like the Italian mafia that's, that's you know, there like I, one of those on. things. Yeah, he's just, he he probably put himself there just to be like, I need to feel something. Um, as far as like the trailer goes, hey man, it's the Equalizer trailer. Antoine Foucault is back for like the third, and I'm glad that they are still making movies together. I'm glad Antoine Foucault is able to make movies still. Um, it's it's fine. I I don't necessarily think that it's something that I will, you know, be so engrossed to to run out to go see. Uh, but I am curious just to see if this is the final chapter, how it, I guess, ends. Uh, I we don't know what that... the We just know it's another one. Who oh, knows? that's true. Yeah. You keep doing these. There's nothing that indicates this is the last. It could be another trilogy. <laughs> yeah. He could pull Vin Diesel on the, on, when it premieres at Rome and just be like, you know, they saw the movie they wanted to make with her more. Um, Maybe they'll but, uh, combine that with the Queen Latifah TV ongoing TV series that's going on. And, is that true? Yeah, she's been wow. on that, they've been she's that show. The equalizer, okay. She's the equalizer on TV after the go. you know obviously there's the original TV series, but yeah, right. they re- yeah. they remade the TV series of Queen Latifah and it's gone for like what two? It's like going into the third season. I'm glad because Queen Latifah deserves uh, to have all the work. Um, I I just want to lastly mention that I was watching this trailer with uh, some folks in the audience and some guy turned to his girlfriend at the end of the trailer and was like, "We're gonna go see that." And I was like, okay, I guess. You know, it's got some people excited for it, but I, I am personally not too crazy to go see it. I mean, it's the third one. There are clearly fans <laughs> of this series. Like, you know, clearly. I, I think these are of some them. of Denzel Washington's worst movies. Uh, but they're yeah. clearly if there's clearly a fan base for for seeing. Yeah. Why why did they call it a threequalizer? 
because they aren't as clever as me. Yet. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, they made the worst movies of Denzel Washington, and I'm sitting here being like, Through is an easy title. But <laughs> don't listen to me for advice, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I I don't have much expectation here, and uh, maybe there's a reason that the summer gamble ends on the weekend that this comes out. Um, I'll never tell. Uh, but, but, um, what do you do? You work for Sony Pictures? But uh, I mean, I don't, or else I'd be like, oh yeah, we got to review the Equalizer three. I don't know where. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't deny that you know Denzel Washington is clearly comfortable in this role, and he looks like he's doing his thing. It's filmed in Italy, so it certainly is probably going to look nice, right? Um, and uh, you know, trailers know how to trailer, so I mean, yeah, the action looks fine. Anton Fuqua is not a director I think is always hitting at a thousand, but I do think he right. can stage action scenes well enough. So, like, I'm sure that stuff works. I just don't care about <laughs> the uh, the prospect of another Equalizer film that I'll probably be reviewing at some point um so maybe, maybe i'll be wrong I mean, it'll be the best of the three there's nowhere to go to up <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> i did i did i need a man on fire reunion within equalizer three not necessarily but i, I guess no. that's a thing we're, we're dealing yeah. with as well so. if she calls him creasy at any point in time i'm just gonna win some fan points from me yeah well, well just we'll like out of the blue it's like creasy it's like <laughs> i know that guy it's like oh <laughs> well uh equalize the equalizer three opens in theater september 1st 2023 so the end of the summer when it's coming to a theater near you You're all right <laughs> let's move on let's get to let's get to our main review for hypnotic what do you see your daughter the park wasn't paying attention just for a second work Think I'm ready for duty. Do you feel ready? I think it's the only thing keeping me sane. What's the call? I'm calling to report a bank robbery. Is this crime currently in progress? Today. See that guy on the bench? Do I have a lighter? That guy's up to something. It's very hot today. It's like a furnace. It's, it's like a furnace. There's a safe deposit box. Is that the target? Box 23. That should have been some of the trailer for Hypnotic. Originally conceived back in 2002, Robert Riguez has finally taken the opportunity to deliver on a script focused on a detective investigating a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program involving advanced hypnotists. Ben Affleck stars as the cop Why who gets... Why did you say it like that? Why not? <laughs> So aggressive. How else do you say hypnotists? A secret band of hypnotists. All right, keep keep going. Ben Affleck stars as a cop who gets in over his head learning about the ways of getting inside the mind to get a variety of different kinds of results. Alice Braga co-stars as a psychic who was once recruited by these hypnotics. And a fr- and friend of the show, William Fichter, plays a mysterious agent seemingly leading things. But what is the purpose of all this? This film is notably something of a family affair, as Rodriguez's children served as the producer, composer, storyboard artist, and animatic developers. Oh. Abe, does this latest Rodriguez flick deliver? Uh, first things first, shout out to your original friend of the show, Will Fickner. Um, You know, we couldn't have done it without him. Um, it's also sure. a great team up of Armageddon's uh, Ben Affleck and Will Fickner again. Y- yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, I guess that's been at least like, it's going to be like at least 30 years in a few years. 
So 20, 24 years at least. Or 25 years this year. Wow. <laughs> it's an easier way to say it. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, don't want to miss a thing. But uh, as far as Hypnotic goes, you know, I, I didn't know that it was a 2002 original concert idea. And, you know, sometimes like movies like this, notably something like Get Out, which is in, has been in Jordan Peele's mind for like 10 years before he actually was able to find the, the money and also get enough, um, you know, perhaps confidence to direct it himself and he didn't want anybody else directing uh, that feature and it certainly feels like an idea that predates things like inception and predates things like to some degree reminiscence that we talked about last year um and I feel like if you I, name more movies it'll spoil it <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that there there is a really interesting idea here but it really just takes a long while to get there like to be honest, like the first like two thirds of this movie, pretty pretty boring. Like yep. not very good. And I think that there's just a lot of exposition that is being displayed by both Ben Affleck, Alex Alice Braga, Will Fickner. There, every turn you go is just like, well, let me explain to you what a hypnotic is. Let me explain to you like what this uh thing that is might be going on. In this. Like when's the last time you saw your daughter? Things like that. It's like there's just not a whole lot that really gets you going here. And to be honest, like there were some things that I think are, are, um, you know, it was a nice, like little, uh, third act, like, Oh, that's pretty cool. Cause I thought that the set design was pretty plain and it was actually pretty crappy. And I was like, you know, Robert Regas loves feeling like on a budget and kind of like running and gunning style at times. So this doesn't surprise me that it, it looks like they just put a sign up in a window that says like occupational therapy. Um, and later it, there's like some, some interesting things that happen, but I think that it just, for, for everything that does happen in the third act, I didn't think that it was um, that interesting of a buildup. And I think that's kind of where it, it really falls short is just, you know, there are some really cool concepts here that have been done in some of the movies. Uh, but at the same time, like there's a lot of like telling me about what's happening in this world versus kind of just showing me or like having like the sense of just like make it a make it a mystery um like a murder mystery or what have you and then and they kind of just like reveal some plot twist toward the end there like you know Clouseau style or what have you but yeah i i also thought that the music was you know no diss to Rodriguez Rodriguez's kids but there's just it's just a lot um like it's in every scene there's music in every scene and it really just feels like it's just not really helping with anything with that's going on but um, yeah, like it's unfortunate because Robert Rodriguez, you know, I really admire him for what he's done with his movie career, how he got started, what uh, he's decided to do like off mar- or off large uh, production studios and distribution studios. And kind of just the way that he is friends with like everybody in the business uh, and they all seem to admire him for what he is able to do like on his ranch out in Austin. Um Obviously, he does make studio films as well, but I, I certainly think that this one is uh, hopefully like a movie or I, I kind of wish that this was a movie that he had made maybe, uh, yeah, like 10 years ago. Um, so it's not very compelling. And when it does get compelling, it's just it's kind of cool. But then it's like it, it just I would never tell somebody like, hey, you should watch this movie for like an hour. And the last like 30 minutes actually kind of interesting. So that's yeah, wonderful. I'm- I'm right there with you um, every step of the way because I do think the movies, you know, I get excited by default because I really like Rodriguez, especially when it seems like he's kind of leaving the sandbox he's usually playing in to do something a little bit different. This feels like it's trying to be outside his 
comfort zone. For one thing, they go to places. I mean, it's still Austin, but they're actually outside as opposed to just on green screens in his in his his own estate. <laughs> just like okay, yeah. he's, he's, yeah. he has locations and stuff to go to. That's neat. But it just yeah it the first yeah the first hour of this thing you're kind of watching and it's like is this it like is there anything else to this and then by the time it gets to you know something that upends what's going on i did find that interesting although if you take like two seconds to think about it it's like this falls apart pretty quickly but regardless of the fact that they tried to do something like that i was still like well that's neat that's that's taking us in a new direction but it is too little too late right it's like we've gotten to a point where We've had to deal with a lot of people talking in rooms for a while before we got to like the stuff that clearly is more of more interest to I imagine everybody involved in the story, but there's yeah. not a lot of time to deal with that section of the film. So it's like, okay, that wasn't really all that worthwhile in the long run. And yeah, a lot of that comes from the fact that we've seen this done before and better a lot at this point. In the 20 years since Rodriguez had developed this idea, other directors have also developed the versions of this kind of idea and they've done it better. <laughs> and right. it's and so it's like if if I want to see Rodriguez do like a on a budget Nolan film, I'm cool with that as a concept, but the delivery doesn't leave much. So it, you know, yes, we can call it the films that it reminded us of as far as other ones that did better. But as far as a film that's like this, that I kept thinking of as far as um, I ideas, the same one that I am. Well, it's ideas versus by the time you finally ex- execute it. And it's M. Night Shyamalan's Glass, ah, okay. where that's a film that was very much written at the same time as Unbreakable. And that's cool for 2000. But in 2019. Right. At a time when superhero movies are very popular, I don't need a movie from Shyamalan that talks down to people as if they don't know what comic books are. Like, that's just redundant. At that point, we would have had like a decade's worth of comic book movies. Yeah. And so it's like, there's nothing novel about this. Hypnotic's better than Glass. (laughs) I would say that at least. Uh, But the same standing applies here. It's like, okay, cool. I have to listen to 50-year-old Ben Affleck. Is he 50? Late 40-year-old Ben Affleck (laughs) be told about what you know what hypnotism is or what what uh you know what it is to be in a dream state or any number of things like dude sure. like I, I can buy the idea that people in movies don't see movies but it's weird to like just watch this unfold and be like there's a grown man that doesn't know what a hypnotist does like it's just, it's just well it's a different breed of them too or they explain yeah. the movie so it's like that stuff sure. and here's the other thing and we can keep talking about like the rest of this movie now but like it's overall yeah i'm not a big fan of it but okay I don't think Affleck is great in genre movies. I just don't think it's his thing. Um, I, I I very much prefer him as either kind of a, a put upon guy that has to prove something or like his, he's honestly, he's a good comedic performer in before supporting roles, especially. Yeah. Uh, but when he's like the straight man in a genre thing, whether it's the account, the accountant or paycheck like he just does nothing for me here, uh-huh. and I like Affleck. Like, I think he's fine doing what he does. He's obviously a good filmmaker, but like in this kind of role and watching this movie, it's just like he does not feel like he's exploring much here. This does not feel like I did the way back, and now I need to do this to also prove something. It's just like uh, he's kind of very plain and not in an entertaining way. Okay. If you put if you put somebody else in the lead here, if you put like a Gyllenhaal in here who knows how to like bring some kind of quirk. To that would have been interesting. Role, that's at least a, that's more exciting to watch when you have to spend an hour of guy listens to people talking in rooms about hypnotism. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Affleck just not doing it for me in this one. Not only like just talking about hypnotism, but like putting clues together, like literal clues to the yeah. movie together. And you're just like, I I think that we could just watch them do this, and I would still get it. The movie that that I was thinking of it w- was not uh, Glass, but it was Midnight Special. And I was like, that's a movie where it, sure. like, it knows how to handle storytelling, uh, not just like you know movies and a script, like literal storytelling of like I don't know what's happening here. But the story is unraveling itself to me where I'm just like, I actually do care for what's happening to these people at, this, at some point. And, you know, Joel Egerton is kind of like the the passenger for the the uh, at audience avatar in that movie. And it's it's a great performance for everybody all around. But at the same time, you're just like, oh, wow, like this is actually pretty cool. Like, I don't know what this is all about, but like it's a pretty nice, nice reveal. And I would agree with you that there's just like a lot of talking in this movie and not very, not very intriguing talking because... It's literally just like going to location to location and just hashing out more of the plot that uh, is unfortunate because, you know, there's actually a, a scene where uh, toward the, the third act where it's just like this duo running and gunning like this is fucking dope, <laughs> but there's just not a lot of that. So unfortunate. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would say they're, great but i do think like braga and fickner they're doing what they can with what they're working with victor's like so shrouded in mystery so it's like he's just intriguing to watch in general in this kind of role yeah he plays like the dark band character yeah Um, and and there's some other like rodriguez regulars that pop up in here it's like okay that's fun yeah Uh, but like yeah it's just it's lacking like more flair like to get yeah. it going and it's for someone like rodriguez who can you know bring the flash if he wants to and like that's not to say there are some visual effects heavy type sequences that i think if you don't have warner brothers 200 million dollars to work with i think look fine in this movie i think there's some ideas here visually presented that are like okay that's neat yeah but that's not enough (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't add up to much when you're looking at this story or looking at like where it's going sure um so i have a few questions for you kind of just digging into not just like this movie itself which we can get back to but you know some deeper things um, so Rodriguez, like, where where is he these days? Where where is this fitting with the the large studio heads? Like, does he still not have a DGA card? Does he still not have like a SAG card? He still like does his own thing. Yeah, he does. His, yeah, he does his own thing. I mean, he okay. he he ha- he's filed, <laughs> but all the time the purposes he has. I mean, yeah. th- even like Alita, that's more. He's doing a thing with Cameron, and Cameron will work it out. Cameron's yeah. the producer. Like he's like, yeah, I'm directing this thing, and I'm working with James Cameron, and he'll and even and Cameron himself is pretty separate from everything. It's more like, yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll I think like at this thing. point, like Fox will will greenlight anything that Cameron wants to make. Yeah, he, like every twelve years, he's yeah. a guy that's in his own world. So sure. it's like if Rodriguez work with Cameron, Rodriguez isn't like, oh yeah, I can't wait to work with Fox. It's like, no, I can't <laughs> wait to work with this guy who will control everything else as far as the legal matters go sure. or whatnot. Yeah. And the I mean, no, like he, you know, he does things out of his own studio. Like they'll get distributors, but there's right. no. You know, they're his product. They're Robert, they're Robert Rodriguez movies. You right. know, he, he, he's done a couple of what, Netflix movies of this. He did what, We Can Be Heroes. It was one of his, one of his kids' movies from a couple of years ago. He did uh, what, the Sin City sequel, which is, mm-hmm. again, that was his own thing to begin with. It's just, was know, Sin City uh, uh, distributed by anybody large? The first Sin City was um, was uh, Miramax. Miramax, and then okay. The, the second one was Lionsgate, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Or well, no, no, it's, tech- it's Weinstein Company. Yeah, Regardless, like, they're technically, still, they're both know. like independent distributors. They're, yeah, and it's the same with Machete movies. Like they're all, you know, like I said, they'll find distributors. But yeah, he's doing it on his own right. okay. terms, essentially. 
Yeah, and that goes to the other question I have, which is like, uh, one of these production studios are no longer business uh, that have produced this movie or have helped to produce and maybe distribute this movie. Is that right? Uh, correct. There was a Solstice Studios, I believe, was originally Those involved guys. with this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they went out of business, and now there's a new studio, um, what, Ketchup Entertainment, I believe. I felt like, like that yeah. seemed like that was Rodriguez's, but. No, because he has his own. He has. Yeah, he's he got the double R thing. He's double yeah. R. He has Troublemaker Studio. He has a he has his own okay. studio. So Ketchup, yeah, Ketchup Entertainment is the newest one. Okay. To be, and that again, that's just like distribution factor. Um. So yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's it's his, you know, it's his baby. <laughs> yeah. he, you know, he's found people to you know help get it out there. But yeah, it's his old, it's his thing. Um, as far as like where he is or whatnot, like. He's happy doing his thing, and it's you know we'll, we'll see about it. they they keep you know springing up those rumors about the Alita sequel, which I'd be happy to see. I'd but, be happy to see that as well. And I guess the larger question is like, are studios not allowing him to work, or is it that he just doesn't want to work for studios? Well, he's not blackballed or anything by any means. Okay. He's just he's he's chosen to go his own way. Okay, he, does, yeah. he he knows what the studio system is. He's not a fan of it, and he's yeah. certainly found success doing his own thing. So, and he's not the only one. You know, again, we've we talked about a friend of the show, Steven Soderbergh, who also famously doesn't really like large studios, and was just like, I'll just make movies on my iPhone, which he did. Uh, he's he seems to be pretty comfortable with um with Max with HBO right now, but even then, that's more of you know they'll they'll let him do his thing and he'll put it out there and then he'll right. go off and do whatever else he wants. To do. That's <laughs> like, right. Yeah, he does. His movies aren't expensive. That's the other thing. Like he yeah, they only cost like maybe like at cheaply. most like two hundred thousand dollars. So yeah. it's more just know, like friends doing friends favors. Like they, they cost more than that. But you know, but, it, but yeah, I mean, Rodriguez. Yeah, he's certainly he's not unwelcome. I mean, Alita. Yeah, exactly. Alita. You know, as much as he's not involved in the studio side of it, Alita is still like a two hundred million dollar movie. <laughs> like it, yeah. you know, it costs money. Right. You don't get that because like people don't like you. <laughs> yeah. And and I I don't know when do you know when this was filmed this movie it was filmed like last year or whatever yeah okay um, so it was fairly so like 2020, 2021 it I wasn't mean, one yeah, of those like it was it was, it was like a regular production yeah it wasn't like delayed or anything yeah like that. the reason why is because you brought the Ben Affleck in genre movies and I was like I was thinking the same thing when I was watching this movie and sorry my allergies are kicking in so it sounds like I'm congested <laughs> right now um but I was thinking the same thing I was like you know I I was watching Ben Affleck in this movie and I'm sitting there literally I'm sitting there and it's like. This guy was in was in the, that movie with Ben Affleck, where they were like in mid-century France, you know. Yeah, and he was great in that movie. He's great in that role where he's just like this dick, and who like loves like you know womanizing and drinking and partying, and just like telling uh telling people like what to do. And here he is just like being like this gruff guy. And so I thought about his roles in movies as well. Ben Affleck, sure, he's got leading man looks and leading man characteristics, um, but he's very much like this this guy who I think really thrives in character actor uh, roles or where he's not the main lead. You know, Gone Girl is is a prime example of that where he's just like he is a co star, but it's really like Amy Dunn's movie. Um, and still, he's still leading the way. What I think there is that he works trouble well, like that sure. or or the way back. Like those are movies where. He, there's something for him to really just dig into where like a movie like this, there's nothing there like for him to like yeah. go on. How, like, how, I didn't watch the Tendabai, um, but was the Tendabai where he's just like a troubled guy too? No, where that's him. That's him straight up comedic supporting. Like he's, okay. he's the, he's, he's Sam Rockwell in the way, way back. That's what he is in that movie. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, Scott he's, Summers he's, in that movie, right? What? Is that Scott Summers in that movie? 
No, that's not. No, it's not Tate. Or oh wait, in in the tender bar. Tender bar, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, it is Scott Summers. Okay. Uh, Scott Tate 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 um Sheridan, Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan, yeah, yeah. Tate Diggs and Ty Sheridan. They should make a movie <laughs> together. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and not to be confused with Taylor Sheridan. Well, they he should direct that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Ben Affleck as as a character, um, yeah, as a character for sure. Like I I don't disagree as a character. He is fine. Yeah. I do I do. In Air, he's... he's great, but he also is like a side character in that movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where and again, like I think like his best roles where he's the lead. I mean, it is something like a gong. Like it's something where he has like there's a real problem that he has to deal with. That yeah, he's coming. He's de- he, like it's it's reflecting this like side of him that seems almost authentic, like being an alcoholic in the way back or being yeah, this guy that's, okay. you know, looked at wrong just because he smiles at the wrong time. Yeah. Like there's, or being like this, this brash guy from Boston kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like those actually do work out well, but as an um, Austin cop, not so much <laughs> as Austin cop with like, there's a part where he's talking to somebody. He's talking to like his cup partner, Nick's, and they're walking with Alice Braga through like a, a place to go question her, but it's all just like this old jail cell. And uh, he actually breaks into his Boston exit for one part. And I was like, that's pretty funny. Like, yeah. good job, Ben, for like, you know, being true to yourself. Alice Braga is in this movie as well. She's shown up in a lot of character pieces. You know, I don't really know if she really brings anything to the table in this movie, but also it's just, I don't really think there's a whole lot for her. There's not a lot for her. I think here's the thing. Alice Braga, she gets saddled in like always the mediocre sci-fi things. Like yes. it's like like it seems like probably good idea on paper, happy to be a part of it, but then the results aren't great. So you have like Elysium, um, Repo Men. Forgot about that. I am Legend. Uh Predators yeah. I like, but I mean it's it's not like it's the, the deepest she, of roles. She's got either. a different role in Predators, though. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. But it's like there's always these like high concept sci-fi movies. So she clearly like likes doing the genre stuff, but it's just right. like it doesn't the, the resulting movie doesn't tend to pan out the best. So yeah. it's like I yeah. agree. I, I don't want to spoil this, but I kind of want to tiptoe around it. And what'd you think of like this last this last uh act of this movie here? It's exciting, like it's yeah. dumb as rocks. <laughs> Honestly, like I think everything, I think everything involving like w- the nature of what's going on and the why. Again, if you like, just take two steps back and be like, "Wait, what is he doing?" Uh-huh. It it just does not make much sense to me. But at least the movie feels like, and it, it it's like the construction becomes more intriguing by it. There's okay things you're seeing being filmed. I can't name movies as like, but like it's yeah. there's things the way it's being filmed, the way it's cutting back and forth between a couple of things. That stuff where I'm like, I like this. I want what this movie was going to be. And yeah. it feels like there was just way too much landing strip given to the 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 build up to all that, like you said, where it's like, well, okay, that's whatever, but like we we needed this movie sooner. Like that's where yeah. this was going. Um, and the last question I have for you is this is also co-written by Max Bornstein, who has written notably like the Godzilla movies, Godzilla and Congress the Godzilla. Films, yeah. yeah, the Monsterverse movies. Um, does Rodriguez usually write his own things by himself or does he also partner up with people like obviously Quentin Tarantino has like read some of his stuff and like maybe like ghost edited some of his stuff because they're friends but this one distinctly has like two writers on it so to, to, to be clear Rodriguez cuts his own movies point yeah he does everything on his own like he okay. does he, he cuts his movies together he shoots like he, he shoots his movies because he doesn't yeah. like him he doesn't like second unit because that's the fun stuff I want to do the fun stuff so he doesn't have a second to unit be honest game. like that is actually really good for yeah, so. like, second unit where there's like no I need to go film like this road 
and get like 50 passing cars. <laughs> but uh, as far as his writing goes, it's largely if it's not if it's not just him, it's usually him and like one of his family members, yeah. uh, notably now his children. Like right. they, they've been contributing a lot. Um, but I'm yeah, it's generally, you know, him. <laughs> OK, yeah, because I, I was just very curious around. I was like, I don't. About like, that's sports, and I know that name. Alita's but... Cameron. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's like, right. Yeah, <laughs> and also it's also based off of like, uh, and it's based on a manga. Yes. So yeah. it's yeah. But I I was just like, oh, Max Bornstein. I didn't know that Rodriguez usually worked with other people. Not that he did. He's not. He's not opposed to it. But just th- this is like a major well, like. Well, because yeah, it's movie. a story by credit for Rodriguez. And then yeah, I'd say he just partnered up with somebody to like yeah. get the flesh it know, out. Actually, get the screenplay going. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, Max Bornstein, you might have might have uh, not done a great job. I don't know and, who's to blame here. And and given where things go, I wouldn't necessarily say there's going to be a whole series of hypnotics films, but it does feel like is that what he was planning? Did you see the post credit scene? No, you didn't see a post credit scene. <laughs> no, you didn't stay through to like it's a mid credit scene. Anyway, actually, I did not. No, you didn't stay through the mid credits. <laughs> I didn't think that there was one. <laughs> well, I'll be. I'll talk to you after right, the show about, about that. Later. Yeah, it's it's very small, but I okay. mean, it does set up the idea that hey, if if Ketchup Entertainment makes their money back, they can make another one of these hypnotic movies. So. How much does the movie make? This movie did not do well. Okay. It made, I think, a whopping fourteen dollars. That's kidding. No uh, way. It, That's it just made, me then. It made, uh, I think, like two point something. Yeah. Okay. Was, do you know what its budget was? His book club two made like six million. That's third. Dude, place. people want to go see that movie a lot with their moms today. <laughs> not too much because again, only six million total yeah, yeah, yeah. for the weekend. Um, this movie made two point three million off the budget of. Uh, budget it's sixty five million. So, what? Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot that's, of money. More than what I was thinking for a Rodriguez movie. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah. Well, you know, talk to me later about this mid credit sequence. Then. Yeah, it's um. So yeah, it's a not not a lot of cost recouped. Uh, yeah. For, for hypnotic. Well, I'm glad he's working with his family because famously, um, you know, Shark Tale and Lava Girl was a story by his son, and he just made it. So it's actually really cool that he is able to do this. The last thing I'll say about Robert Rodriguez, which I find very fascinating, and again, he's like a great uh, guy if you want to learn filmmaking. He There's like this, you can find it on YouTube, it's like shot in like 2000 or something like that. It's just him talking about his movie making, and he, he goes to like his editing studio, and he just, he just has like a Macintosh. <laughs> it's just like, I just edit my own movies here on this Mac. And it's like, guys, like, Let's not overthink things like, you know, like if you want to be a movie maker, uh, you can just make whatever you want on a, any for, form or medium. And if you have a story that you want to tell, it's going to come across. Yeah, his um, his his DVDs and Blu-ray when they were coming out, he always used to have a 10 minute film school uh, extra oh, cool. feature on there uh, for each one of his movies. So there's always, always something cool yeah. as far as just different aspects of how he makes his films. And then more recently, he started including 10 minute cooking schools because he always cooks for his his crew on set as oh, well wow he's um, a miyazaki in that manner huh yeah he'd be you know he's got a crew he's, he's like yeah, yeah. i'm gonna make i'm gonna make everybody you know yada 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 and uh have food cool. on set um but yeah yeah i you know i you know a movie like this not working for me is not the end of the line for rodriguez in my book i, 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 I like yeah. rodriguez i feel the same way like yeah even though it seems like it might have been one of his like you know early passion projects or just like an idea that he really wanted to put on screen yeah doesn't really work, but also like that is that is not that does not detract me or deter me from watching other Robert Rodriguez movies down the line. For sure. Well, when should people go and see this movie? Oof. 
<laughs> Sadly, this is this is like in our old rating. This would be like a, a cable TV movie. Yeah, this would be pretty low. This is what is this? I don't even know. It's Ketchup Entertainment. So whatever it makes its <laughs> streaming debut, that's uh-huh. uh, that's that's when you can be like, oh, I could pass some time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just not the not the most exciting of features. Like, I feel that you actually could probably just watch like the last like 30, 35 minutes of this movie. And, like you, <laughs> I mean, could, you could walk away with that. And just be like, oh, this is actually pretty okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, with all that out of the way, that's been our review for Hypnotic. Let's move on to our hey, what uh what time is it over here? Oh, Aaron, I think it's time for a game. Aaron, did you know that that tune is actually used for Ben Affleck to wake up out of like a dream sequence? Where they're like, no, 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 we we work in house here. My sons were scoring this. Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, because you scored it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did I? Uh, oh no, <laughs> Deer Valley Lane. Well, that is, of course, the improv theme for games. And Abe, I have a game uh, for you this week. Oh. I know it's just us, but I, I made this game special. Yeah, um, it is. A William Fichtner game. Oh, what? Okay. It is. Uh, I've called this specific William Fichtner game. Will I am? Okay. Um, and what I'm going to do here is uh, I'm I um I'm going to basically play a version of twenty questions with you over over wow. over over a few movies. Okay. Um, and then we'll we'll see what happens at the end of that. But basically, I'm going to okay. give you I'm going to I'm going to give you a move. I'm going to give you a couple of hints. Yeah. To start out, and you're gonna have to like work your way to getting what movie. I, I like this. Yeah. So I've got to ask you questions. Yes. yes. And I'll give you okay. yes or no's. But right. I'll give you a couple hints to start this one off. Okay. Okay. So here's the first one. It is a superhero film, and it is a prequel. A superhero film that is a prequel. Yes. Is this DC property? In, no. Uh. Hmm. Is this made in the last 10 years? 10 years? Yeah, no. so 2013. No. Wow, okay. Does this involve Will Fickner as a main character? No. And I, I would I would stress, do not assume that William Fickner is in these movies. Oh, what? Oh, okay. All right. Don't worry. Everything will add up. All right. Okay. Uh, Will Fichtner is not in these movies. Oh, what was the original clue? It's a superhero movie and it's a prequel. A superhero movie and a prequel. Um, hmm. Superman Returns. That's a sequel. Oh, so, so no. Okay. <laughs> I guess he returns. So that should be yeah, exactly. It really, it really negates prequels in that capacity. Yeah. It's a superhero movie. It's pretty cool, but and Will it's Fichter also is... not DC, as you've already established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And super... <laughs> and Will Figure is not directly involved um, at times. Okay. Oh wow! Uh, now this makes it very tricky. Um, is this an uh, a nineties movie? No. Is this an eighties movie? No. Seventies movie? No. Stop going back. <laughs> <laughs> I should be going forward. We we don't have superhero movies after these points. <laughs> it's not in the last ten years. It's not in the nineties. Narrow that down. Not in the last ten years, and it's not in the nineties. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. And and sorry, what was the title of this game? The the game's title is Will I Am. Hmm, okay. Um. Hmm. Superhero movie, and it's a it's a prequel. Is this movie? Does this movie star Will Smith? No. 
does this move is this movie based off an IP? Yes. Mm, okay. It's not DC. Yeah, not DC. It's the is other this one. Is this a Marvel movie? Yes. <laughs> Prequel. Is this movie does this movie involve Bruce Banner? No. Does this movie have one of the one of the main actors from Hypnotic in it? Uh, does it? Um, no. <laughs> ben Affleck essentially. <laughs> does it? Uh, if I'm saying a prequel, say it's not that doesn't mean like the first movie is a prequel. It's a prequel. No, no, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's, it's established it's, as a prequel. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. <laughs> Uh, but it does not have any of the main actors from Hypnotic in it. Hypnotic, no, it does. No, it does not. Wow. Okay. All right. So we're talking like a two thousands, early two thousands, early aughts uh, superhero movie that is a prequel. Okay. Yes. Two thousands. Sure. Two thousands. Um, and it doesn't have anybody in Hypnotic in it, so that takes out all the Daredevils. Um, all of them. Yes. Yeah. The the one Daredevil <laughs> and uh, the TV series. Um, and Will I Am, and so this is not a Will Smith vehicle, so it can't be the one with he does with Charlize Theron. Um, even though that's like not a real superhero per se, but you already established it's Marvel. Yes, it's a Marvel movie, <laughs> yeah. a prequel Marvel. And I asked you if there was a Doctor Bruce Banner because I was thinking that this might have been Ang Lee's The Hulk. Um, but that's you know. Not we got, yet. Got five more of these. Um, we'll, we might only do three. <laughs> um, the thing is, you have to do them. <laughs> oh no! Uh, it is Iron Man. No. It is. Ooh, an MCU is it Blade? It's not Blade. Hmm. But the idea of blades is certainly a good thought to have. Mm, idea of blades, good thing to have. Early two thousands movie prequel. So something to do with. Is this Hellboy? N- no. Okay, that's not Marvel. But I was just no. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> How many questions do I have left? I don't know. I haven't counted. Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's say that we're at sixteen here. Okay. It's got a big uh, name star in the lead. I mean, obviously, right? But not Ben Affleck. <laughs> Big name star in the lead, early 2000s movie. Is this X-Men? The first one. No, because that's not a prequel. That's just the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you're on the right track. Oh, my gosh. Is this X-Men first class? No. Fuck. You're very okay. close. No. Is this movie in the X-Men series? Yes. A prequel. Is it Logan? You're getting there. Is it X-Men Origins Wolverine? That is correct, yes. Okay, that was at least 22 questions. You got it. Okay, X-Men, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Will I Am? Interesting. Wait, how does the Wolf Victor thing pop Don't in? worry about it for now. You'll, okay, we'll get there. Right. X-Men, all you have to X-Men, do right now is guess the movies. Got it. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Got it. Okay, next one. Here's the next one. It is a video game movie. Okay. Uh, is it Mortal Kombat? No. Is it an X-Men movie? No. Video game movie. Is it in the last three years? Three years? That's not a lot of time. Sonic the Hedgehog that. is what I'm thinking about. 
<laughs> no, it's not the last three years. Okay. Is uh, it, it was this in the nineties? No. In the two thousands? No. In the eighties? No. Okay, so it's in the twenty tens and above. Yes. Okay, the twenty. Not the and last above. three years, so it has to be the twenty tens. <laughs> Okay, it's the 2010s and above a, a, a video game movie. Yeah. Is this based off of a, a PlayStation game? No. Is this based off of a Nintendo game? Yes. Nintendo game in the last decade, but it's not three years from now, so I can't think of Super Mario Brothers movie. Nintendo movie. They haven't made a Zelda game or a movie. Um, Nintendo. Um, you it's not going to say Nintendo at the front of it. I'll put it that way. Oh, okay. So it's going to be like Nintendo Presents. Yes. All right. Um, video game movie. In the last... In the 2010s and above. Um, Nintendo property. Does this have any of the main characters from Hypnotic in it? Does it? Um... Ben Affleck or Will Fickner? <laughs> I'm trying to think again. This is, this is not the question I, I thought that to have to consider, so I'm going to say no. No, I mean, it does not. Okay. It does not. Okay. Does this movie do well by critic standards? Uh, Yes. For a video game movie, yes. A video game movie that did well. Um, Does this movie star The Rock? Uh, No. Okay, so it's not Rampage. And I guess, I don't know if that's really Nintendo either, but, you know, um, that's not Mortal Kombat. I will say it's a it's a two-hander. It's a two-hander, meaning you have to have two and hands it's a, play it's it? a buddy movie, essentially. There's two main stars in it. Two main stars in it. This is based off a real video game. Yes. So it's not Wreck-It Ralph. Correct. It's not a, yeah, it's not like a, a video okay. game adjacent movie. It's yeah. a video game movie, two stars. Video game movie, two stars in the 2000s, not Mortal Kombat, Nintendo-based. Decent reviews. Decent reviews. Um, hmm. Is this movie animated? Partially. What? <laughs> it contains what? a lot of animated elements. Because now they're like, okay, well, Booksmart's partially animated, and so is Harold and Kumar's <laughs> Christmas. Um but those aren't video game movies, so what video game movie was partially animated? Think Who Framed Roger Rabbit when I'm saying partially. Okay, because I was like, is it Tron Legacy? But it's not Tron Legacy. Um, okay, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where there's people that kind of come up in cartoons, in movies. Uh-huh. Um, and it's a video game movie. Oh my gosh, I feel like... Uh, there's a movie where somebody shows up and they're in love with somebody that is a cartoon. Hmm. Um, is this does this movie start Channing Tatum? No. Okay. Um, it features one of Ant Man's daughters. Oh, uh, Detective Pikachu. That is correct. Detective okay. Pikachu. Oh yeah, you're you're right. That is partially enemy. <laughs> Okay. I guess that is Nintendo. That is Nintendo, but it it's Nintendo, Nintendo, but it's not like yeah, you know, it's Pokemon. They don't have the so Nintendo it's... thing logo in the front, right? Because it's Pokemon's. But Nintendo's like the distributor. Pokemon uh-huh. is like its own. Thing, okay. All right. Know? Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So we had we had uh, X Men Origins Wolverine and Detective Pikachu. Yeah. Okay. We'll do a recap. Don't worry. No, I'm like trying to figure out how this plays together. But yeah, okay, right. fair enough. All right. Here's the next one. Yep. 
Um, the, let's see. What are my clues here? I like this uh, game, by the way, even though this is taking quite a bit. And hopefully, yeah, it's, it's going to be our longest game. But I mean, but I, I yeah. the result I think will be worthwhile. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, here's the next one. Um, the hint, the hints are it is a, it is a heist movie. Ooh. And it, how do you not give this away? Um, it is a. It features a major director. Okay. Ocean's Eleven. No. Ocean's Twelve. No. Ocean's Thirteen. No. You got Ocean's those out of the Eight. Way. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Got got those heist movies out of the way. Tower heist. Incorrect. Okay, you so got to narrow this down. You can't just be naming yeah, was, movies. Like, <laughs> that's four movies that I've named. Um, is this a a nineties movie? No. Is it a two thousands movie? Um, before two thousand ten, essentially. Yes. Okay, so it's in that that first decade of the two thousands. Major major director, and it's a heist movie. Does this star Ben Affleck? No. 2000s movie, heist movie, big name director. What was a big heist movie in the 2000s? Um, uh, was this movie a box office hit? Huge box office hit. Wow. Huge box office hit. Does this movie star somebody uh, that was popular in the 90s? Yes. Hmm. Popular in the 90s. Huge box office hit. A heist movie in the two thousands. Um. Wow. Um. Is this movie a comedy? No. Okay. So it's this dramatic movie. Is it the Thomas Crown Affair? No. Hmm. Okay. Does this movie involve artwork? No. Does are they trying to steal diamonds in this movie? No. Are they trying to steal cookies in this movie? <laughs> Small time crooks. No, they're not trying to steal cookies. Okay, that's Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a lot of Oscar nominations. A lot of Oscar nominations and, and wins? some wins. Yeah, a lot of Oscar nominations and some wins. Early two thousands heist movie. Not a comedy, so I guess it's a dramatic movie. You, you say early 2000s. All I said was it's you, you guess 2000, then you guess 2010s, and I said yes. <laughs> I said before 2010. I, well, I mean, no. <laughs> okay, that's where my... Um, I thought you said yes before 2010. Okay. okay. That's why I was stuck there. So it's like mid-2010s. Okay, got it. Um, And it's not Diamonds with... Uh, with um, Kirk Douglas. That's what Correct. It's not the movie Diamonds yes. with Kirk Douglas. It's not the movie I tried to have you narrow down. Yeah, one of his final movies. I, instead, I gave you a giant blockbuster Oscar-winning hit. A giant blockbuster Oscar-winning hit that is a heist movie that is none of the Ocean's movies, and it was nominated and won some Oscars? Um, hmm. Uh, does this have a large ensemble cast? Yes, it does. Did the lead for the ensemble cast get nominated for an Oscar? Not for this movie. Okay. Did the director for this movie get nominated for uh, an Oscar? That's a fun question. Um, I, I want to. I want to say no. Okay. Um, okay. 
So it, it probably it probably got some technical categories, not like the directing and Oscar categories. Yeah. And it's a heist movie. Uh does this movie have multiple sequels? No. Okay, so it's not the Mission Impossible series. No. Uh um, the director was not nominated for directing, but was for nominated for writing and picture. Whoa. A right a, a writer director. Okay. A writer director. That kind of narrows things down a bit. Uh is it is it Inception? It is Inception. Okay. All right. Christopher <laughs> Nolan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> writer director. There we yeah. go. Okay. All right. Cool. Next yeah. one. Um but geez, how do I narrow this? Um, this is a comedy drama and based on a true story. Comedy drama based on is this does this movie was this made in the 2010s and above yes does this movie get any Oscar nominations um no comedy drama I'm sorry what was the original clue comedy drama based on a true story comedy drama based on a true story no no Oscar noms uh 2010s and above comedy drama based off of a true story did this movie do well in the box office? Um, it didn't. It didn't bomb, but I wouldn't say the box office is the thing to highlight about it. Is this an indie movie? Yes, ish. It's not. A, it's not a huge movie. Yes, ish. Huge movie. Um, comedy drama. Is it fifty fifty? It is fifty fifty. Yes. <laughs> I didn't narrow that one down. I'm making up time here on the second lap. <laughs> All right, a couple. I was so, that was only like six questions or seven questions. I'm so yeah, happy. It was, it was right. a great record. Uh, the yeah. listeners are like, "Oh my god, he got it!" I know. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, "Finally, we can get on." Oh, we can move back on quicker on this one. <laughs> right. uh, now they're taking way too much time to rejoice over the fact that he got it. <laughs> All right, I, you can't more. tell how, how excited I am. You know, <laughs> this is actually a really fun, like narrowing down kind of game. I got two more. Okay, okay. This one is a legacy sequel. Legacy sequel. Okay. Yeah. Um, was this legacy? Did they reboot the 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 legacy? Like, it does it? Is this a reboot of like an old IP? Uh, no. Okay, so it kind of just continued. Yes. Uh, was this movie made in the, uh, is the movie you're thinking about, was it made in the 2010s and above? Yes. Does this, is this Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol? No, there's no legacy. They're, they just keep going. Yeah, but I mean, like, kind of legacy for, like, the 90s. Yeah, the but there's, show. like, one every three years. I mean, they yeah, just yeah. gotta make it. <laughs> um, does this movie, did this movie do well at the box office? Very well. Was this movie critically praised it got good reviews very good box office good reviews legacy you said it's a you said it's a legacy sequel yes um is this oceans eight no i'm sorry what genre oh, you can't tell me the genre because i guess that's like a yet not you a can yes ask no the question. genre i can tell you no, no, no that's not a yes no question i want to play by the rules here no, i'm saying you could ask what genre. you could ask a oh, genre is and I this yes or no. is this a comedy no. Is this a drama? No. What? <laughs> is this a horror movie? Uh, adjacent. Horror adjacent. Like, is it Cabin in the Woods? Uh, no, 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 no. Let me retract that. Is it Evil Dead? No. 14. Is it Evil Dead Rises? No. 
That's horror. That wouldn't be horror adjacent. Okay. <laughs> horror adjacent legacy sequel. Oh, is it 2018 Halloween? No, that's again, that's horror. That's just that, uh, there's only one. That's the one genre. It's is horror. It a horror adjacent. So it's like yeah. suspense. As in there's scary stuff in it to a certain audience. Okay, so the scary stuff in it was made in the 2010s legacy sequel. Uh-huh. It did I'm sorry, did I ask you the box office or no? It did huge box office. It had huge box office. It had pretty okay, like pretty good reviews. Um is was this movie nominated for any Academy Awards? Uh no. Okay. Was this a summer movie? Yes. It was a summer movie horror adjacent. Great uh pretty okay reviews, huge box office, horror adjacent. Um is it is this don't breathe? No. Huge box office though. Um in the 2010s. Uh is this director a notable director? I, I would say th- has gone Funny on too question. Much. I mean, no, as far as like the general populace doesn't really care. I would say in film Twitter land, the name certainly provokes a response. Is it Chronicle? No. Does this movie <laughs> spawn sequels? Well, yes, and it's a legacy sequel. So um are the legacy sequels good after this movie? <laughs> That's a fun question. Um, <laughs> um I can think of two franchises. I would say the I would say the reviews didn't get stronger after this one. Okay, the reviews did not get stronger after this one, but there are legacy sequels. There are sequels to the legacy sequel. Yes, yes, correct. Yeah. So is this but but you said it's not straight horror, and I was gonna say is this saw, but it's not saw. No. Um is this movie it did very well at the box office Huge. in the summertime. Legacy sequel. Um, what is a legacy sequel? Is this is this the Child's Play series? No, I guess that's horror too. What am I? What do I think? What's horror adjacent? Um, hmm. Uh, is there is, is the main actor or actress? Are they a huge movie star? I would. I would say one of them is a huge movie star. The other one is probably huge because of these movies. Wow. Okay. So there's two main leads that I'm thinking here. One of them is a huge movie star, and the other one is like famous because of these horror adjacent. It certainly helps. Yes. Who was in a horror adjacent big blockbuster summer? Ask another genre so you can stop, you get your head around horror more. Uh, I mean, I asked you if it was comedy, if it was drama, and then I asked you if it was horror. You said horror adjacent. Um, I don't, uh, is this a sci-fi movie? There's yes, by nature of what's going on, sure. <laughs> um, is this movie gory? N- no, <laughs> the. The things happening in it would be gory if you were there to see them, <laughs> but the, they can't. You can't see these things because the rating. <laughs> you can't see what? You can't see the gore because of the rating. Oh, okay. Um, huge blockbuster. Not you can't. The rate is. This is PG thirteen. Yes. PG thirteen movie, and it's kind of made. Oh, is it? Um. Is it uh 
want you to get this. <laughs> I know. Is, is it that movie where everything shuts down, you can kill everyone for 24 hours? No, it's not that. No. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, what is that movie called? The Purge. The Purge. Okay. It's not The Purge. Um, hmm. Box office? It's a legacy it, sequel. Maybe some questions about the movies that came before this. What is is this the like uh okay was the original movie in the eighties? No. It's the original movie in the nineties. Yes. An original nineties movie. Uh it spawned in the nineties, okay. And then they made a sequel in the two thousand and tens. Or or not a sequel, but a legacy sequel in the two thousand and tens. That was huge. Not huge, but it did very well in the summer. No, it's huge. Ridiculously huge. Huge. 90s? Legacy sequel? Okay, hold on. Horror adjacent? Um, You're going to kick yourself when you get this. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm, I'm at least at question 17 right now. Um, 90s horror adjacent. Hold on. 90s horror adjacent movies. Huge summer. It spawned other legacy sequels that were not very good. It's not the Purge series. And the actor or actress that is, has one has springboarded from this movie to become other things. And then the other one was like kind of famous already. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I mean, is it your next? That's not that's not no. even like <laughs> legacy anything. The the series has iconic music. I already asked you if it was Halloween. It wasn't Halloween because uh, that's just horror. Iconic music. Um, legacies is it PG PG third is it Poltergeist? No, you asked about the director on this one. The director on the original one is a very notable name. Okay, Steven Spielberg. <laughs> um, okay, I'm at like question nineteen here, so my last question, I'm gonna guess, and then I and then I'll give you a final answer. Um, notable director, two thousands, mid two thousands, nineties. They did very well in the summer box office. Summertime. Oh! Is it Ghostbusters Afterlife? Uh, no. Fuck! <laughs> that was my last question. It's Jurassic World. What? <laughs> yes, that did do huge. And no, my brain was not thinking about any of those dinosaurs. <laughs> but I can see where you're saying horror adjacent because it's dino DNA manipulation here. It's a giant monster movie. And people, people eat. They eat all they these humans. Eaten. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. All right. My brain was totally in the wrong place. Uh-huh. The sci-fi part. I see what you're saying. Yes, it was kind of a sci-fi. I yeah. thought you were gonna ask like action or some like, some point. Or, like, I anything. was like, why would I ever ask? Horror movies are not really action related. <laughs> All right. Okay. Last one. Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It did really launch like, yeah. All right. Last okay. one. Last one. Last one. Okay. This is, uh, how do I, okay. This is a not too distant future movie. Okay. And it features an Oscar winning director. It's directed, but nothing they're not in it. There's it's directed by an Oscar-winning director. <laughs> okay. Was this movie in the last five years? No. Was this movie in in post 2010? No. Was this movie in the 2000s? No. I'm sorry, what was the original clue? It's a it's post- a near future. It's a near future type movie, and it's and an Oscar winning director. 
Not for this movie, but not screen director. Is this an international film? No. This is a 90s movie. Yes. A 90s movie, an Oscar winning director, post future. Is this Aliens? No. I guess that's 89. That's 86. 86. Uh, an award winning director, not for this movie. Does this movie have. Does this movie have any sequels? No. Okay. Um, I was also gonna guess uh Femme Makita, but that's not that's why I actually paid it was international. Mm-hmm. Um Near Future. Okay, so near future, what are they doing in the near future <laughs> and in the nineties? Okay, there's not a whole lot of like near future nineties movies where there's I can narrow it down. It's set in nineteen ninety nine. It's set in 19- Predator yeah. Two. No. That's it's actually set in 1997. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that'll be the director went on to go win an Academy Award. Uh, does this have a very major uh, main actor? Yes. Has this actor won awards? They've been nominated. Never won. <laughs> in fact, hold on. Let's see. One, two, three... Three of the lead actors have been nominated for Academy Award. What? <laughs> Three lead actors nominated for an Academy Award. It is a near future movie. Does this star a female? There, mm, like, is not, the main character a female? The main character is not a female. No. Okay, okay. Nineties. It's. It, I'm sorry, you said it's set in nineteen ninety seven or nineteen ninety eight nine. It's a. It's a nineties movie that's set in the future of nineteen ninety nine. Is it Johnny Mnemonic? No, you're on the right track. Is it the lawnmower man? No. Is it the net? No. Before you guess these movies, you have to think you don't know the director. I would guess you don't know the directors of any of those movies. The no. director of this movie, <laughs> you know the director. <laughs> okay. A notable director. Has this has this director been nominated for more than one Academy Award? Uh multiple best no. director. Wait, no. No, no. Yeah. Okay, so really just like one best director and maybe like some other best picture nominations. Yeah, correct. Blade Runner was it was not in the nineties. Um and also three of the stars have been Oscar nominated. Okay. Three stars? Oscar nominated. I mean it just it has a big cast, but I mean the, the yeah. main star, yeah. Is... And it's set in nineteen ninety nine. The future. Yeah. Um fuck. I'm at least at question like 15 or 14. There is a notable collaborator that works with this director, that is working with this director. Okay, Steve Spielberg and John Williams. Is Does John Williams score this movie? No. Fuck. That'd be funny if I scrolled down. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but also, Johnny the director has only been nominated once. Remember that at all. And Spielberg has been nominated at least more than once, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, I think he's been nominated for best director like three times. Uh, more, many more times than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Let's get back on track here. Next yeah, yeah. Uh Is this uh, is the genre drama? Um, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't use drama as the way to establish this, especially as it's set in the future of 1999. The future. Is this the Matrix? No. 
But that was made in 1999. That was made in 99. Yeah, that wasn't. I don't know when it was set, but. Uh, well, he even says like you. It's you think it's the year 1999, but it's actually somewhere close to like 2149. Morpheus tells him that's like do your taxes. Um, hey, does this star Daniel Day Lewis? No. Okay. But that's certainly that's a class of actor that fits with who the star is of this movie. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Is this an action movie? No. It's not a drama. It's not an action movie. There's action, like I wouldn't say yeah, action yeah, yeah. is the main. But thing. but that's not like the main one. It's not like an orange no. movie. No. Okay. Um, and it has no sequels. No. I mean, Mel Gibson directed a lot in the '90s, but he didn't direct like a sci-fi movie. He didn't direct anything. In the nineties, he has what like the 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 uh the boy the man without the, a face, the man without a face. I yeah. think is the one thing he directed. And in the Braveheart, 90s. Yeah. a Braveheart, of course, he's yeah, where he yeah, got Braveheart. directed, where he got nominated, yeah, and he won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, man. All right, a collaborator is a collaborator, a musician. No, the collaborator is a also an another Oscar winning uh, director. Two directors? The no, that what well, this movie has one director is just the person working with them is an Oscar-winning director. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So it's uh, is it uh Desperado? N- no. So you're gonna go with the Rodriguez bent there. Um. <laughs> uh, okay. I mean, at least at question nineteen, <laughs> Robert Rodriguez has worked with this collaborator. Okay, now now I'm scared because my last question, and you said Robert Rodriguez has worked with this person, but Quentin Tarantino has been nominated for more than one Academy Award. Tarantino uh, hasn't made a future movie. <laughs> yeah, he he really has. But you know, maybe like you know when he intersplices stuff in Pulp Fiction, it's the future. Who knows? Tarantino lost to this director for best director. I mean, that's not gonna help me. <laughs> I mean, it should, it should, but that's not gonna help. Me. Tarantino lost to this guy for best director. I mean, they lost to this person for best director. James Cameron wouldn't have made a movie about 1999. He made a movie. That's why I actually feels Aliens, but it's not Aliens. Um, Titanic was set in this. James Cameron's the collaborator. Oh my gosh, James Cameron. The who collaborated with James Cameron to make a near sci-fi movie movie set in 1999? Well, uh, those posters definitely have it now. I know it's not his ex-wife. Uh, my last guess will be Deja Vu with, with John Denzel Washington. No, it is his ex-wife. It's Catherine Bigelow, the movie Strange Days. Okay, yes, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yes, I get it. Oh my gosh. I was like, why would, why would, why would Eric choose something where James Cameron actively despises his ex-wife? He doesn't despise his ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Strange Days. Okay. Right. Okay, so X-Men Origins Wolverine stars yes. Will I Am, who is also in the movie with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is That's in Pokemon right. Detective Pikachu with Ken Watanabe. Ken Watanabe is in Inception with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in 50-50 with Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard is in Jurassic World <laughs> with Vincent D'Onofrio. And Vincent D'Onofrio is in Strange Days with, that's right, William Fickner. That's how you play Will I Am. <laughs> 
Good job. Good game. I know that it took a lot for the listeners. Sorry you could skip forward through it, but it was a good game. Thank you for that. Oh, I'll make plenty of cuts so they can see like you're really on the ball. <laughs> I was on the ball. I don't think you'll find any dead space. <laughs> hey, you nailed 50-50, which I thought might have been the most obscure one to get of these battles. <laughs> and except it was like the one that I missed, which was Strange Days. And all I gave you was like comedy drama. <laughs> you got it pretty quickly. <laughs> all right. Well, that was fun. Uh, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that William that. game. That I might good. have to like pull that back on you at a future date. I'd be happy to play that game. Uh, All right, let's get us some bad out feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. This is where we go with various questions and answers on our Facebook page. Facebook.com slash a podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners and they gave us some answers. First question here is what director should pair with Ben Affleck? What kind of movie? Uh, Philip has Wes Anderson. I like to see how Anderson, uh, how Affleck plays weird and restrained. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I know that. Matt Damon has said he never wants to direct, but yeah, Matt Damon. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, put put him in with put him in with Soderbergh just so he can like be in and like have Matt Damon opposite him just so they can like torture Matt Damon in some way. That'd be I funny. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What are some good films featuring psychics or hypnotists? Uh, Philip writes, Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Cure. Ooh. And Chris has Carrie in Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Um, Insidious. There you go. Sure. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's good. Makes him forget about his past. Yeah, that works. But now he's going to direct a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything from you? Um, psychics. Um, ghost. <laughs> yes. Okay. Ghost. She turned out to be a real psychic. Good answer. Yes. <laughs> and she won. She won an, uh, an Oscar for that movie. Yeah. Uh, hashtag whoop. <laughs> the next question here who are some great movie villains that are shrouded in mystery philip has anton Shiger in no country for old men and the serial killers in zodiac and memories of murder wow those are these are all good movies that yeah. Philip just mentioned brandon Peters from the show has emperor palatine from star wars the rise of skywalker somehow he returned <laughs> all right uh, <laughs> um <laughs> great movie villains that are shrouded in mystery kaiser soze Nobody even knows if he's real or not. He's gone. You do find out. <laughs> right, I mean, he you. actually disappeared. Yeah. From this, from this life, too. He went. So, yeah. You know that, that uh, I, every time I pass by this dental office near where I live, his name is Dr. Kobayashi. Okay. I, think of, I think of that movie. You always pass by like, oh, my God, you drop your coffee cup. And yeah, it exactly. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I turn into I should have brought another porcelain cup. <laughs> Why did I keep doing this? Why did I? Why did I have all this bulletin board material in the back <laughs> when I was interrogating a guy? <laughs> uh, you got any movie villains shrouded in mystery? Uh, I mean, the first one I thought of was like the witch in Snow White, but you know, you find out too much about her. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like it, it seems like her. She's pretty cut and dry as far as what she's out. Yeah, <laughs> I just like that little gif of her like going down the, like the secret hatch of laughing and cackling away. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. What are some great films that deal with twisting reality? Philip writes Millennium Actress and Paprika. Philip, oh. we get it. You like anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris has Dark City. Dark City. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Twisting reality. Um, uh, I mean, related to like the Dark City, but kind of just like in visuals. I guess the City of Lost Children, like with the dream stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I yeah. Like that. Um, what's another one? Um, Twisting Reality. You'd be like Doctor Strange, multiverse of madness, but only when they're going through all the multiverses. 
why is it brooklyn i don't know i don't know because i think it i think about pizza papa (laughs) well i mean pizza papa always gets paid so that's that's one thing let's see uh existens existens okay that sounds like a a sponsor that we don't have yet (laughs) (laughs) there's the cronenberg film that's uh got it okay it's part of that run that's Dark City, Existence, The Matrix, and The 13th Floor that all came out within like months wow. of each other. And they're okay. all very similar in theme and ideas. Yeah, I can't wait for uh, his son to do Existence Part 2, Existentials. I mean, Possessor is kind of that. Is that honestly. really? Yeah. Okay. So. Brandon's doing good stuff then. Uh, the next right. question here is, name a movie cop you'd like to see thrown into a sci-fi flick. Michael Lee from the show has Marge Gunderson from Fargo. <laughs> and Philip Hurt has uh, Song King Ho from Memories of Murder. I would like to see both of those people in sci-fi movies. Marge would fucking knock it out of the park, though. Like she's uh, my, cop there. Yeah, well, I mean, she saw the I mean, so is Sun King Ho. What, what am I saying? They, they, yeah. Uh, okay, so my answer is very obvious. Um, you, you take... You take... Uh, um, <laughs> yes? You take um, my, my, Mike Lowry and Marcus <laughs> Burnett, throw them together with J&K... And then for some reason, uh, Janko and whatever Jonah Hill's character is in uh, 21 Jump Street, uh-huh. you get it all, all into one mega movie. Schmidt, I think. Schmidt, yeah, Schmidt and Janko. Yeah. <laughs> all into one, to one mega movie. Where I like they're this. All part, they're all part of the men in black now. It's bad, yeah. it's bad, it's bad boys in black Jump Street. <laughs> You've thought about this for a while. I just thought of this right this now. Is, this is yeah. This is your hypnotic that you thought about for ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I don't know his name, but you know, Idris Elba plays a cop in uh, Zootopia. Put him in. Put him in a <laughs> the, the the lion police chief. You want him? Yeah. To be... <laughs> him in, he's already in an movie. animal land, but he's like, oh, you guys saw my movie. Yeah. Put him All in right. like a real life movie or w- with humans, just like have him like tear shit up. So so now he's 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 away from the animal world that he exists in. He's like, what are humans? Okay. To him, sci-fi is humans. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> that's what the question is asking. So you're basically you want Wolf Cop, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, friend of the show, Lil Deed. Okay. Next question: What's your favorite Robert Rodriguez film, and what should he be doing next? Uh, Justin Weatherby, he writes his part in Four Rooms. That is the best part of Four Rooms. That can have a good. Uh, Luke Thompson, friend of the show, has Alita, and then he wants him to do Alita too. Uh, Nick writes Desperado. Uh, Chris has too many to choose from 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 Dust Till Dawn, Desperado, or Planet Terror. And Philip has Alita, Battle Angel. It's mostly stuff oh. with their favorite um, Rodriguez films. What's your favorite Rodriguez film? Yeah, I do have a soft set for from Dust Till Dawn, just because I saw that like in the summer where I was very. Um impressionable and i was like oh i didn't think that you could make movies like this where it was just like i thought it was like a heist movie and now it turns into like a crazy vampire movie where they're, they're having a shootout in a bar um but i also have a lot of like ever since i saw it in college like i have a lot of respect for uh, el mariachi mm-hmm. i'm just like this guy made this on five thousand dollars so pretty great yeah, uh, from dusk till dawn is my favorite by far. Um, Sin City is very much up there as well. But from sure. dusk till dawn is just my jam <laughs> for this kind of thing. Um, what should he be doing next? Um, I mean, I would like to see more Alita. I, I would like to see more of that oh, yeah, universe. Of so, like, if he, if they him and Cameron were able to get together and just make another Alita movie, yeah, go for it. I want to see. I want to see this moon war. Yeah, what? I'm sorry. What was the last part? I want to see more of the Moon War that's presented moon in the first war. Alita. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Where she has a flashback and is like, "There was a Moon War she was involved that's, in." I know she's a super soldier. Yeah. Um, I I would love like just like a collaboration of like him and Tarantino, just like going like, 
like try Grindhouse again. No, not even Grindhouse. Like whatever their duo collaboration of a Glorious Bastards is, is like what I'd want to see. Just like let's just fucking go, bro. Okay. And, like, rack up all the nominations. Is be like, yes, I am a filmmaker. Uh, all right. right the next question here is, what's the best William Victor movie? Uh, Yancey J. Burns from the show writes Heat. Uh, Philip Purse says Black Hawk Down. Uh, Magda. Wow, I don't think I've ever heard of Magda write anything in before. So welcome. Uh, uh they person uh, they write Crash, Black Hawk Down, Nine Lives, The Perfect Storm, uh, Equilibrium, American Wrestler, The Wizard. Crystal, Contact, The Amateurs, The Space Between, and <laughs> Josie and Jack. That's a lot of films there. Is that like a top 10? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't mind, so good job, Mag. He's in Crash? Which Crash? The Cronenberg uh, Crash? Maybe? No, 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 no. He's. I think he's in... Is um, he in Haggis's Crash? Paul Haggis's Crash. I think he plays like an office worker that hangs out with like Brendan Fraser. I guess I, I can't be sure. I'm looking this up. I don't remember. No yeah, William I don't Fickner remember either. Crap. Oh, he is okay. He's Rick's campaign. You're right. He's Rick's campaign manager. Boom, <laughs> I got 50 50 and I got Will Fichtner and Crash. <laughs> Give me that money. You nailed it. All right. Um, we got one question here. It is, of course, from friend of the show, Jordan Grout. Mm-hmm. He writes, Will Barbie be the number one movie of the summer? Uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, I for Greta Gerwig as a big fan of hers and and kind of hoping good things happen to her all the time. Like, sure, I, I'd love for Barbie to be number one. I would also love it to be like the most talked about. It's like this movie was so deep, and we we're gonna give it so many nominations come December, January. I mean, it certainly has a lot of attention on it. Will it be the number yeah. one movie of the summer? I like. I don't think necessarily it will be. But that said, if there's you know if it comes out and it's like a big deal like a lot of people want it to be if that like is the end result i won't say like oh this is a complete surprise be like huh they did it (laughs) pulled it off so (laughs) but we'll see yeah certainly very curious about the what barbie will have to offer as far as box office is concerned and like what the interest level actually is as far as the ips for that for for, for barbie is yeah hashtag let's go party Uh, 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 yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> that's out of feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. And that's going to bring us to the end of this week's episode about Not Name. You can find more of my work, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. Everything I do ends up over there. I write for We Live Entertainment for movie reviews and Why So Blue for Criterion and Blue Reviews. And I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. Also, of course, mm-hmm. I need to keep including this uh, The Summer of 93 at 30. That's right. It's a special podcast program on the Brandon Peters Show, where Brandon Peters, Scott Mendelson, and myself talk about all of the films from the 1993 summer movie lineup on a week by week basis. That's currently going on all summer long on the Brandon Peters Show. So to be sure to listen to that or, or watch it on YouTube, apparently. So, Abe? You can find more fun stuff over my Instagram, Abe.moo, and Twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag, it's so hot, it's scorching. And you can find all the other episodes about now, Thursday on iTunes, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud, Podomatic, and HHWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast.com. Check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast, or check out our Twitter page, twitter.com slash podcast. And our Instagram, instagram.com slash podcast as well. Yeah, we did it. We did um, it. Next week, Fast X arrives. Fast X is here. Ride or die is what they keep telling me. So you have to make one of those choices. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And bye.
Maybe he's just a big Denzel fan. Such an intense tattoo to get. I know. <laughs> and like when you look it, at this, it covers like, is... both bases. To be honest, like I really <laughs> like Denzel and I like Malcolm X. <laughs> I just like what does that accomplish when you look in the mirror at like at the back of your leg? Like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> One of America's greatest living actors. <laughs> now, now, I, now I have the reminder. Right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be lost at sea if I didn't have this pictorial reminder on my flesh. <laughs> uh, can't judge him. We don't know who what he's been through. You're you're not wrong. What other movies he's seen? You're, you're, yeah, he could have saved his life. <laughs> yeah, should have gotten a fallen tattoo. <laughs> a a tattoo of the gif of him going <laughs> pounding the desk. Yeah. No, not pounding. No, the 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 relieved. What the oh, uh, that one, the, yeah, the that one that from, from yeah. Fallen, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I'll, I'll bet you somebody in this world, maybe even like a, a handful of people, have that tattoo. <laughs> like, there's got to be some guy who's who's uh, either a Fallen fanatic or a Denzel fanatic. That is oh, just... one of the FFs, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one of the FFs before Fast and Furious stole that. <laughs> Well, they're the fast saga now. They can, they can do whatever oh, they want. Oh, yeah. They got the, the uh, TFS. <laughs> got it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that was good. That was a good uh, precursor <laughs> into what we're going to be talking about here. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> okay. 